This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Welcome back. This is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. I'm Cheryl Coleman. And I'm Nick Ashburn. And, and we're in the 2019 version of Dollars and Change. Welcome. Welcome to 2019, everybody. Yes. Yes. We'll see what we'll see what this year brings us. We're here live every Thursday morning from 8 to 10 Eastern, and then we're played during the week and also available on the app. And apps are great. I'm going to give you all my phone, uh, my phone number. <laughs> Cheryl's personal number. <laughs> my personal number. Give me a call. I obviously need help. Um, the phone here is 1-844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. Our email is businessradio at SiriusXM.com. And our Twitter is at BizRadio132. That's uh, that's. I'm still laughing. <laughs> My number is. It's it's kind of a, you know a dating a dating. Come on here. through, everybody. <laughs> so, um, we've had uh, really interesting conversations uh, in our earlier segment. One about a, an organization that works with people with disabilities and and the employability aspect of that, which was really fascinating. Then we had Dan Klein, who was from the Patient Access Network Foundation, talking about this this foundation, which really provides grants to people who are on Medicare and can't afford the out of pocket costs. Quick turnaround uh, too. Quick turnaround, very short, and that's and that's great. So that has been helpful as well. Now we're going to switch up things a little bit. We're going to talk to John Katowicz, who's the principal and co-founder at SVX.us. It's an impact investing platform, um, and we know that there's been a lot of um, interest in figuring out how you get more money going into impact investing, and platforms like this are designed to help make things easier. So, John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We're looking forward to seeing what 2019 brings us. It'll be an interesting year, that's for sure. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> that's that's probably the most certain part of it. So, yeah. so why don't you tell our listeners what svx.us is? Oh, sure. I'm happy to. So it is a an investment platform, as you mentioned, and there have been some other investment platforms uh, that have come uh, focused on impact. Um, I've been involved in, from one uh, form or another in some of them, and we feel like we're approaching it in a way that uh, can sustain for the long term. It is uh, coming out of something that developed in Canada about 10 years ago, SVX in Canada. And now we're doing a partnership with that same organization, as well as my firms in Oakland, Cutting Edge Capital and Cutting Edge Council, and then a U.S. broker-dealer, Beckley Securities, that I recently joined so that we could bring all those together under one tent, uh, including a technology group, Catapult that is considered, I think, one of the best now in the in the world for technology and platforms. And basically, what we really want to do is to provide an impact platform for everyone and uh, allow for everyone to come into it, but also have very high level of responsibility, which is why our broker-dealer is involved. And uh, you can't get any... <laughs> more strict regulatory oversight than uh, running a broker-dealer today. So we feel that's a good thing now for uh, a platform and for investors. 
And we're really excited about launching it with a company called TechSoup Global. Well, so, John, before we dive into that, um, you are a capital markets guy. Tell our listeners more about your background and how you got to this impact investing platform. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I was uh, a veteran, long-term veteran of um, helping to operate capital markets, um, actually three different national stock exchanges, Pacific Exchange, Boston Stock Exchange. Um, I was head of um, options regulation at the NASDAQ. But um, all of those together really were not satisfying something I felt was really important in our country and maybe in the world, and that is to redirect attention back to how do we help a lot of different companies, not just those listed on national stock exchanges, and how do we uh, include a lot of different investors, not just those that can participate in most of the private offerings out there. So that's a big challenge, right, to um, think past just the 1,600 companies that you hear about on a national level and to think about everyone as having an opportunity to begin to invest in different ways versus what we read about in the papers as something maybe just 5 or 6% of people typically invest in. So those were my goals. Uh, And when I left the world of markets, the national markets, I wanted to create a new kind of market, which is what this is all about right now. So let's let's break this down for our listeners. Let's say I'm going, well, that sounds interesting. Um, I'm not an accredited investor. I've got a little bit of money to invest. What what, what do I do? do? What, What is what is it that you're offering me? Yeah. So we're offering two things, really, at the same time. We've been developing something, uh, we didn't invent it, called a direct public offering. And if you go back to the 80s or 90s, you'll remember things like Ben & Jerry's or Annie's or Costco or places like that, or companies like that, that really started out by offering through something called a direct public offering or that's what we call it now. And that meant that uh, people in Vermont were able to invest $100 in a new little ice cream company Mm -hmm. that they loved uh, versus, uh, as you mentioned, a wealthy accredited investor that typically invests in the private offerings. So to do a public offering, not an IPO, but a a direct public offering, you have to do it a, a fairly quite different way than what most people understand. You have to get qualification from the state or now from the SEC. And uh, it's it's not an easy task, but it's one that we decided we were going to make much more doable. And uh, after probably about 10 years ago, we really started in earnest on that. So if you're a, an investor today and you're not a wealthy accredited investor, you have the ability to find some interesting opportunities that are out there. You just need to know how to find them, which is why we're creating SVX, so that it makes it easier to find them. But, uh, for instance, my firm, Cutting Edge, we have a website now that lists all the different direct public offerings that are still live and open 
not the ones that were successful or closed for any other reason. And you can look at those, and if you're in a state that it's qualified in, you can invest in that state. Or in the case of TechSoup, for example, it's in it's qualified in all 50 states and in Canada. So there there will be more and more of these kinds of offerings that will become available. It's just a matter of time and our work to get it out there. Well, so I'm going to unpack a couple of things and correct me if I'm wrong or let me know if it resonates. Mm-hmm. So one of the big criticisms in impact investing, or maybe not criticisms, but more just like some of the pain Concerns, points. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, on one hand, you've got accredited investors. So you're talking about wealthy folks who are have access to private markets. And so much of the activity has been, I am taking an equity stake, usually sometimes debt, but equity stake in this private company, which for me, as someone who's not an accredited investor, I can't make those types of investments. And so then what does that lead? So then there's like, well, what the retail investor, the people who can just sort of buy and sell things, you know, on the on the stock market, I go to E-Trade or whatever, you know, and I'm able to do that or through my Merrill Lynch advisor or something like that. And there's and so there's not a lot of options for me to know what is a socially impactful company at the public level, you know, in the traditional right. stock markets. So there's also been this sort of consideration of social stock exchanges, like can we get more companies that we know are better for the world, however defined, in those what you're saying is quite different. It almost blends the two um, mm-hmm. in a way that's like, hey, I see this cool company. They're going public in some way, but which allows me sort of from a regulatory perspective, invest that $100 and not have to put in a huge chunk of change that I can't afford. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. And back to impact, what is impact? What does it even mean? And how do you determine whether what you've just invested in is going to even make an impact. Mm -hmm. But um, you you just said a whole lot of things that we could talk about. Unpack, I know. (laughs) Yeah, but one of them I'll I'll mention is the stock exchange. And, you know, 12, 15 years ago when I really thought I was free of the the national markets for good, I thought I want to build a stock exchange for everyone else. Um, And... Over time, I finally realized, wait a minute, this is not the right path to go on. The the kinds of companies, the kinds of investments that I want to see people make are not the kinds of investments that we typically think of on a national market system. We don't need speculation. We don't need arbitrage in these companies. And are you going to make, you know, possibly make a killing by investing in one of these companies? Absolutely not. So, the, the whole notion of investing or impact or what can you do with your dollars and what can they do for companies and what can those companies do for you and your community is really different from the national market system structure. I consider this a, a separate asset class altogether, mm. and I hope people start thinking about it that way so that they don't confuse the two and don't say, huh, you know, I, I thought I was going to make, you know, 100 times my investment dollars on this thing, and I'm only getting 3% return. Yeah, because it's a different asset class. Yeah. And maybe you can diversify just a little bit of your funds towards something that is a little more meaningful for what, where you live or what you believe in or what you want to support. And I think that's where we want to get to. That's a really helpful distinction. And how do you uh, identify the companies that are going to be on your platform? 
Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, so we're going to take it very slow, and, and this is not a platform that is built to put in as many listings as we can and see if we can get as much activity as we can. What we want to do is say, look, if you're, for example, like a tech suit and you really do make a difference in this world and you can prove it, you can show it, we're interested in those companies. And so we're going to be very picky. We're going to be highly curated. We're going to take it slow. We're only going to put up companies that we truly think meet that kind of a bar. And I think TechSoup is a high bar to meet, and that's good. So maybe not everybody is going to want to invest in in anything that they find on our platform, and that's fine. What we want people to know is that if you go onto this platform, you're only going to see offerings that we think are really deserving of being displayed on there. And, you know, whether it fits your interest or your investment portfolio or whatever, that's okay because that can be really uh, quite a wide berth of things to try to get done by meeting all those requirements. We don't want to. We just want to say this: these are companies that we think are really making a difference you should take a look at them. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sears XM 132. Nick Ashburn and I are uh, talking to John Katowicz, who is the principal and co-founder of SVX.us. It's an impact investing platform. And John, I, I hope this isn't getting wonkier in the weeds, but you... The, we love wonky in the weeds. Well, for our listeners, sometimes we get down rabbit holes and we want to make sure that it stays somewhat high level. Um, but you mentioned at the top of the, the segment that there were sort of multiple entities that really come together to make SVX. So how does that work? You know, if I, like when with the TechSoup direct public offering, like, is that through the broker dealer side or like where, you know, where do the companies sort of come through? Right. So we intend to drive them through uh, the platform and be sponsored by the broker-dealer. There can be times where we can bring a company along through a direct public offering where it's not sponsored by a broker-dealer. And my firm, Cutting Edge Capital, has done many of those um, where you didn't require or need a broker-dealer to be involved. But for this platform in particular, we believe that if we're going to up the game, let's say, and turn toward maybe issues that can be national in scope and scale, then we think that having a broker-dealer involved is going to act as a way to give people a lot more comfort, maybe a lot more confidence that they can invest in something that has been scrutinized quite carefully by the broker-dealer, that the broker-dealer has found to be suitable, the investment, and that the broker-dealer has instituted parameters within the system to make sure that all of the investors are suitable for that particular investment. Those things don't have to happen when you're just out there doing a typical direct public offering. Back to Ben and Jerry's, for example, they didn't need a broker-dealer, and people got to know them and loved them and decided to invest in them, and that's great. I think we're going to still have those issues, and those are going to grow, 
But I think we also want to look at this from a larger scale as well and say, what could we do from a national level? What could we do that meets the parameters for an individual that might want to invest all the way up to, you know, a very large institution or philanthropic organization that may want to invest? That's where I think it gets interesting is when we can combine the the Main Street investor all the way up to the largest of investors and bring them together on things maybe in this new kind of asset class and start to make a real difference in in what we need to see, some changes to use the name of your show. <laughs> <laughs> to make some dollars and change? <laughs> dollars and change at the same time, yeah. So, you know, we want 100% of investors. We don't want the five or six percent and we don't want people thinking that they're the, you know, ninety nine percent or ninety three percent, whatever. We want a hundred percent. And that means we want to be able to offer to a hundred percent. And we really hope that a hundred percent participate, which is starting to happen with TechSoup. We're starting to see not only fifty dollar investments, but a million-dollar investment starting to get ready to come onto the platform. And that's exactly what we were hoping for. Well, and that's that's interesting to think about then the, the kind of companies that are going, going to be on the platform that can handle that range of investments. We actually have a, yeah. a call from Elliot from St. Louis who uh, has a question about the, the sort of workings of this platform. He's on a number of other platforms and so wants to, to probe a little bit deeper. Uh, so, Elliot, you can ask your question of John. All right, thank you very much. I was just wondering, like, like, like you mentioned, I'm on a number of platforms. Um, so is this more like a social platform that you have, or is it pretty much a closed-loop platform? Because I know some of the platforms I'm on, you can interact with other investors um, and also with the entrepreneurs. Um, but then there are some of the platforms I'm on that you only see what's out there, and it's pretty much as closed from that standpoint. Yeah, so this is probably more of the closed type than the uh, maybe open social platform type. We don't um, offer this as a, a way for individual investors to be able to get together and discuss and talk about and decide. And that's another reason why the broker-dealer gets involved, because what we want is for the broker-dealer to say, okay, we've scrubbed this. We, we believe that this is a suitable investment. Here's the deal. Here's the terms. And we believe that you might find this interesting enough to consider an investment. If people want to go off this site and start their own social media, um, you know, connections about investments that are on this site, that's fine. We have no problem with that. But we did not build this with the intention of having them all come together and utilize it that way. Great. Thanks for the call, Elliot. And, John, I think I have a kind of – it's a different question, but it is sort of like what's the participation of the platform or its investors in the company? Mm-hmm. So what what I my question really revolves around – um, I'm imagining on the corporate side, you know, the investor relations function. I'm wondering, A, if some of the companies you envision on your platform already have or would have that type of function um, within the business. And if they do, how do you see, see a thing like um, 
SVX and direct public offerings potentially changing that role? Yeah. So the because of the kinds of issues that we want to have on there, I think investor relations is going to be very different from publicly traded companies, for example. And I'm I'm very familiar with that. I was the general counsel at, you know, two of these national exchanges and ran the departments that were responsible for monitoring these kind of things. So I don't envision that the kinds of companies that we're going to have on there are going to have the same kind of needs as public publicly traded companies. But I do think and I do want to encourage them to be very open, very transparent, very much communicating with their investors, responding to their investors. Investors naturally will get nervous about, you know, having their funds with a company, and that's okay. What we want to do is start to build in some best practices so that people get comfortable knowing that these companies are actually reporting willingly reporting on every material issue that they can think about and are becoming an open book about those things. Uh, and there's a lot of movements toward this now. Um, SASB, mm-hmm. S-A-S-B, uh, Sustainable Accounting Standards Board, is developing some amazing metrics for how you think about reporting in the future. We want to see those kind of things filter into what we do, but on a much different level, much much more, um, you know, relaxed maybe or open uh, communicative level. So right now TechSoup is the only offering you have, right? That's right. We just well, launched. Yeah. And when, when do you envision getting, a, a you know, the next two, three, four offerings? So because we're going to take it nice and slow mm-hmm. – We've made sure that the issuers that have expressed strong interest to come on know that we're going to focus on TechSoup, um, put as much time and attention onto that as we need to, and then come back to the next issue and the next issue and the next issuer. And so they understand that. Uh, We've asked them to be patient um, we'll probably start to see some new listings in the first quarter of this year, uh, maybe one. Um, if if we only have a few listings a year, I would be fine with that. If we only can put listings up that we think really meet all of the strict requirements that we have, and we post those, we've borrowed a lot of this from SVX in Canada in terms of making sure that every issuer understands that you're going to have to meet a lot of interesting requirements before you can list up on our platform. And those mean that you have to show really strong responsibility in terms of how you operate. And that may not be for everybody, which is fine. We just want this to be something that you start to look at and say, huh, maybe if I do practice in a more responsible way, then I become eligible to be shown on this platform. Mm-hmm. That's really what we want to drive to. Right. So it's very much a quality over quantity kind of play. Very much. Very yeah. much. Well, and it does bring up an, uh, something in my mind, and I do not want to conflate the two, but it, it, I'm struggling a little bit. So on one hand, you know, I'm familiar with a more 
crowdfunding platform that was open to non-accredited investors that also was a broker dealer mm-hmm. right so but it was being treated more as the private markets and it's not sort of exactly what you're talking about and they were recently acquired by a much larger entity so i'm also curious you know if we're going kind of moderate pace quality over quantity you know what's your what is what's your hope for svx in in its role in the capital markets yeah so my hope is that by having this as a platform, but also as an example for companies, and also to have it to make the message clear that uh, we're not trying to find new listings because we want to drive profit into the platform based on you know the funds that we get from a listing or anything like that. That's not what this is about. Um, and we've been able to figure out how to do this at a very low impact cost so that we can bring it up and be very measured and take our time and make sure that we showcase the way we want to showcase. So we don't have, and, and I know exactly the example that you're discussing. I had a lot of conversations with them and um, with a few others as well that came and went. I think the big mistake that people make is thinking if you build a platform, everybody's going to come to it. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And the second one is if you build a platform, you better have a lot of dollars behind it to do a lot of marketing and, um, you know, hire a lot of staff. I don't think you need that as well. I think there's a way to do this to do it in a very measured approach that uh, slowly builds momentum and allows it to operate and, and run consistently and sustainably for a long time to come. What And, and shifting gears a little bit, uh, you know, thinking about your background, what's it like been being more on this sort of entrepreneurial journey versus, you know, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> well, you know, I, I was I became um, kind of very concerned about the national markets. I guess from being on the inside of them, um, mainly, you know, what are we doing here? What is <laughs> what what is the ultimate end game here with all of this? And uh, you know, I, I was more a regulator than I was, uh, or maybe a little bit innovator because I like to work on new things like iShares or projects like that, but um, I did a lot in the world of regulation, and yet I still felt like what I was really there about was to help other people make a ton of money, and um, I didn't see anything coming back in return, and I felt like, this is kind of a a good distorted example of, of what happens, you know, in a society where we get a little bit too focused on making too much money and not enough focus on what's the return happening to everybody. Uh, And those distortions start to show up with income and wealth gap and with other issues. And so, you know, this is one attempt to uh, right that a little bit and use knowledge from experience that I've gained in the past to work on that. And how are you, you know, you'd mentioned about having, you know, marketing and a big staff, et cetera. How are you going to increase 
or uh, maintain visibility around this, right? Because the the slow and steady approach requires kind of patience, not just from people who are thinking about investing, but also people who might hear about you through our show and then forget about you until yeah. until they hear about you again when we bring you on later on. So, <laughs> how how do, how do you keep in their in their their mind? Yeah, you know that's a great challenge that uh, I think we're going to face all the time. But we have great partners. For example, SVX in Canada, they've been at it for ten years. They've had a lot of good experience in terms of how to keep the interest going. But ultimately, I think it's having really awesome issuers show up. Mm-hmm. Um, TechSoup is known all over the world, and they're such a great company. I've gotten to know them intimately inside for having helped them even begin to develop this direct offering approach. And when I sit back and think about, wow, if I had 10 companies like TechSoup up on the platform, I'd be shouting to the highest, you know, mountaintop about how awesome all of these companies are because I know them and believe in them myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what I want on this platform. I don't want companies that I don't believe in or that I wouldn't think would be a great investment in my own portfolio. I want companies in there that say, we're going to do things well. We're going to take care of people. We're going to, you know, make sure that the society is functioning in a a better way. And I think if you do that, it's just going to start to build momentum on its own. But, you know, we'll we'll also bring in as much marketing communication work as we need to 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 keep reminding people. Yeah. And so um, we're nearing the the end of the segment. So. I'm I'm going to steal Nick's question. He's been doing the the 2019. What what excites you about what's coming up? Oh, what excites me is that um I think I mean this is a 20-year project for me and what excites me the most is that it's now real and you know, I almost have to pinch myself that it 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 has taken a long time to bring it all together. Um, I've gone down a few rabbit hole paths that I probably shouldn't have in the past. and But I really feel like with the right partners that we have now, I'm just super excited that it happened, that it's there, it's real, and we can tell people about it now and people can come and look at it and say, wow, this is awesome, right? So that's what excites me is that we're, we're finally here. Well, and and what's going to make you think that um, this the, the uh, uh, putting TechSoup on the platform was a success? Mm-hmm. Is it the number of dollars? Is it the number of investors? What what are you looking for? What are your KPIs on this one? You know, I think it's already a success. Okay. Um, yeah, and the reason I say that is that once we start to show the kinds of investors that have come in. And people start to see, wow, you know, this isn't just only crowdfunded Main Street investors or this isn't only very, you know, wealthy institutional investors. It's the whole group of them together. And that's what we already have. And so uh, and the CEO of TechSoup, Rebecca Massasak, believes the same thing already. Um, 
we already have success. People have seen it. They're investing, and they're investing from all walks of life, and that's exactly what we hoped for. Well, and it's certainly what impact investing needs if it's going to, you know, go more mainstream and, and have a greater have a greater impact. Yeah. So it's it's right. good to exactly. have, you know, different kinds of offerings with it. So, John, thank yeah. you so much. We've been talking to John Katovich, principal and co-founder at svx.us. We are going to take a short break now. When we come back, it'll be our open segment where it's a chance for you to call and ask questions. It's 1-844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866, or at Business Radio at SiriusXM.com. We'll be back with you soon. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 